Welcome to this edition of Why We Plan. I'm John Brown, your host. I'm the founder of BEI, an exit planning organization. We support and train advisors throughout North America and how they can help their business owners develop and execute a plan to leave their businesses on their terms. And with me today is Mark Willis. Mark, tell us a little bit about your practice. John, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. And I'm really excited for the mission that you guys are focused on at BEI. Um, I am a certified financial planner uh, working out of Chicagoland. We have clients in all 50 states, and we have been in the business since the last Great Recession. I don't know if this is a greater recession we're in right now, or maybe it's not. Who knows? That's And that's kind of the point. Uh, our focus and our, our strategy that we focus on with our business owner clients is to really help build wealth in ways that are counter and contrarian to the overall market and give folks some access to liquid cash, give them access to tax-free streams of income and retirement, and help them make sure that they get to where they want to go without taking a bunch of unnecessary risks. So that's our firm. And I would say that maybe a little over half of our clients are business owners, and quite a few are in the real estate space, and they have their own unique sets of challenges. Uh, but I would, I would absolutely cheer on the the goal of making sure that whatever we're in, whatever business we're in, we have a way to get out because we exit everything in life. Everything is an exit lane at some point, uh, and that includes our business. But do we have a plan? So glad to be on the show. That's great. And you also, part of your business at least, is training and helping newer financial advisors, financial planners enter the marketplace and succeed, correct? That's right. Yeah, we have a, a special online courses and monthly and weekly mentoring and mastermind calls uh, that we've been privileged to help train a number of advisors across the country uh, to not just get in the business and hang their shingle, but to truly make a difference in their area of expertise, their market, whether it's a local market or through online podcasting or um, building a platform that can't be taken away from you uh, in the social media space today. That's pretty common. So we're helping build those platforms for new, the new generation of financial planners and associates. And that's been, uh, for the last few years, our great pr privilege to do that. And I have to say too, I'm a part of a larger community of financial advisors. There's a number of advisors, uh, roughly 200 of us, um, that have earned the certification from Bank on Yourself. We are Bank on Yourself professionals. So being a part of that mastermind has been a real privilege as well to get to be trained by and then also to train uh, that great group of elite advisors. Interesting. Um, tell me a little bit more about that Bank on Yourself. What is the, what do they, what does that group do? Yeah, we are a number of financial planners, accountants, insurance agents, investment advisors, CFPs like myself, uh, attorneys. We all have a common goal, which is to really sw swing the biggest door with the smallest hinges in one's financial life. And so, Bank on Yourself was in a, a community. It was a um, it was a, a organization that was started about 20, 25 years ago, uh, with the intent to help let the public know that there are strategies that help you become your own source of financing. Because I believe, and I think um, the, this community of advisors would say and agree that that banking is one of the most important parts of your financial plan, but it's little time talked about with most financial planners. 
So we were joking about how I'm kind of referred to as not your average financial planner. This is why most financial planners would help you chase the mutual funds and chase you know the index funds and the target date funds or even things like real estate and whatever else. But I would say that whoever controls the banking function in your life has the biggest lever to pull in terms of whether you'll be successful in your financial life or not. If the banker is in control of your financial life, they're going to win regardless of what your mutual funds did. But if you have a control over your own banking function, if you can be your own banker and finance these big operations like your real estate purchases or your inventory purchase for your business, or heck, just your car and your kid's college, if you can pay yourself the interest that would have otherwise gone to a bank, credit card, financial institution, yeah, I, I almost don't care what your mutual funds made if you were controlling that part of your life. So that's some, there are tactical strategies that help clients do all those things. And the Bank on Yourself Professionals team helps folks do that. And we do, and me and my firm, we do a lot of the training for those financial uh, professionals. Interesting. So if I'm a business owner and I have a successful company, how do I use that uh, approach, the Bank on Yourself approach, uh, to gain enough? value to allow me to someday leave my business on my terms? Great question. Well, so we can get a little tactical here. Uh, and obviously it's a cool concept to be your own source of financing, to be your own banker, but it <clears> needs <throat> to also be rooted in the real world, right? It's nice to have a concept. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be my, I'll bank on myself. That sounds great. But we need, you know, literal financial tools and vehicles that help business owners in their day-to-day. -day. And I'll start with a quick story uh, to help answer your question. Uh, so earlier today, I was talking to a, a business owner who has a very successful, very profitable e-commerce business. So he sells stuff online, uh, Amazon, Walmart, that sort of thing. He goes on and he sells you know, product online. So he has a lot of inventory that he has in the sh on the shelves, the virtual shelves of Walmart and Amazon and that sort of thing. And most of his wealth is in his business. And John, you know this, I'm sure as well as I do, that most of the time, the business owner's biggest asset is his or her business. And that is a risky one-stock portfolio <laughs> for most business owners. And they don't often have a lot in liquid cash, but their business operates and lives on cash. If they don't have cash, they're going to die. It's like the oxygen for the business. If you don't have oxygen, you'll starve. And if you don't have cash, your business will starve. So what he and I have helped him set up is, uh, in this case, we used a tool known as a dividend-paying whole life insurance policy, maximized not for the commissions, not for the death benefit, although that'll be good for the exit plan. We'll get to that in a minute. But for now, he's still in his mid-40s. And so he wanted as much cash, <coughs> cash value as possible. So we squeezed down the expenses and the commissions. And as a CFP, I think that's the right thing to do anyway. But we squeezed down those commissions. We flooded his cash value policy with a bunch of money, cash value. And then he borrows against that cash value to buy his inventory. Now, what that does for him is that's a line of credit that's guaranteed. So no banker can take that away from him. Even if the market's crashing and the banks are stopping their lending, he still has that line of credit against his life insurance. And when he borrows against that, he can use that money for anything. He can send his kid to college or he can you know, buy his inventory for Amazon or whatever. But what's interesting about this, John, is while he does this, if it was a bank on yourself designed policy, which, you know, there's a number of characteristics you need, but if it was engineered correctly, 
his policy will keep earning interest and growing cash as if he had not borrowed the money. So if he had a hundred grand of cash value, and let's say he borrowed out 70 grand to go get some inventory for Q4, yes, his business will be doing wonderful things, hopefully with that inventory, but his policy will still be growing with guaranteed cash increases and dividends on the entire 100,000 bucks as if there was no loan. So this is a nice arbitrage feature for him in the today and now, which is incredible. But I'm already thinking, and I'm sure you're thinking about it too, How's this guy going to ever exit his business? Well, one wonderful way he can do it is this cash value is owned by the business. This policy itself is owned inside his business. It can be owned by the business. In this case, it is. It can be owned outside the business as well. But when he's ready to retire, fast forward 20 years, it'll have a couple million bucks of cash value and even more than that for the death benefit. And he can use that as a golden parachute to leave his business. The business can buy him out either let him have the policy and walk away or give him a chunk of money, borrow from the policy to give the guy some walk away cash. And that for him is a great, you know, sail off into the sunset moment and the business can continue on and even receive a death benefit whenever he passes away, hopefully 30 years later. So this is a simple, no risk. And by no risk, I mean, there's no market risk strategy for helping somebody save for, use it for the business today but also save for that exit that might come eventually. That's interesting. What, what, um, what other tools might you have in your, your toolbox that would benefit a business owner who, again, someday is going to want to exit for a business? Anything you got to have, yeah, you, you got to have the foundation set first. And so a, a great exit planning attorney with great written documents, I think is going to be important too. Most people have heard of a buy-sell agreement and the attorney has to have set that up in advance and it shouldn't be on the back of a napkin uh, from the, the one conversation you had with your business partner. You know, it needs to be legitimately written up with contingencies and backup plans. And it also needs to be funded, uh, which most business, I'm sure you know, most buy-sell agreements are not funded. They're written, but they're not funded. Um, there's really not too many other options except saving in a savings account, borrowing money from a bank, or using a life insurance policy as a buy-sell arrangement in terms of how to fund it. So the most efficient, according to most of the research I've done, is the life insurance strategy for the buy-sell agreement. Um, and we can get into what is a buy-sell agreement, John, if you need, would like to, but uh, that's that's been one of our key tools uh, for how to prep and then execute an exit strategy. Interesting. You know, we've talked about buy sell agreements a fair amount on, on this podcast because it's fundamental. It's a fundamental document that business owners need to have if they have a co-owned business. Uh, and, and you're right that most businesses our members work with, they find there is a buy sell agreement. But the problem with the buy sell agreement is it may be 20 years old. Right. Uh, they may not have any life insurance protection. Uh, the ownership may have changed, and but the buy sell agreement hasn't changed. So it's uh, it needs to be properly funded. It also needs to be reviewed, really on an annual basis, because business value for most companies changes every year. It goes up, it may go down, but it the business owner needs an advisor that they can rely on. It could be an insurance advisor, financial advisor, 
business attorney. They need an advisor who understands buy-sell agreements, who will review that policy, that buy-sell agreement annually with the business owners. The business, own, the business will change its value. So we need to make sure that whatever your exit plan is still as funded as it was last year, right? I agree with you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, anything else you can think of that would be a, a benefit to our listeners? Well, having great people and great tools at your fingertips that can help you as a financial professional to know what your business is worth and what your client's business is worth is gold. You will be looked upon as much more um, key to your clients, your financial planning clients' success. If you have at the fingertip, at your fingertips, resources and people like John who can reach out and do the hard work of helping that business owner client exit, or even yourself. I really think, and we were saying this before we hit record, John, that us financial planners are, it's an ironic industry because we do plans all day long. And yet how many of us, literally, if you were to get us in a room, a hundred of us in a room, asked us to raise our hands if we actually had a, a exit plan for our own financial planning business. Do we have a game plan for our spouses, our children? Do we have an exit plan for our business partners if we have any? Are we setting ourselves up to fail? That is, that's a kind of a altar call kind of moment. But I'm saying, guys, if you haven't already, make sure you're reaching out to BEI to do the work. Uh, that we're telling our clients to do. We got to eat our own medicine. You know, it's it's the old phrase that cobbler's kids have no shoes. Don't be that cobbler's and don't be that cobbler's kid. We need to make sure that we've all got exit plans because again, like like we said at the beginning, everything in our life, we're going to exit eventually. So we might as well do it well instead of it being a, a crash against the, the side of the highway, right? So get that exit lane set clear and in your mind, even if it's 30 years out, even if you're just starting as a financial professional in this business, or if you've been in it a long time, um, start making that plan. I've met the guys and gals who didn't plan. Uh, and now they've got 600 clients and they don't know what to do and they don't know how they're going to leave. And it's a nightmare. I, I hate to say it in so stark of terms, John, but you, you see it every day, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, uh, we call it kicking the exit plan down the road. You know, it's always, I, I know I need to plan. I know I need to do something next year, right? It's always right. in five years. So, well, this has been great, Mark. I really appreciate you coming on and giving us your insights. Um, and after all, what we talk about is why we plan. And I think you've given us some good ideas. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right.